listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're looking over our 2021 in reading and talking about our 2021 reading challenge and what we did for all of those challenges. Hopefully, you joined us for those. Uh, But first, what are you reading, Bria? Um, I've created a winter tradition of sorts uh, where I— Last year, I listened to the first Simon Snow book by Rainbow Rowell, and now I'm listening to the second one. I'm listening to Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. And if uh, people don't know this, it's basically queer Harry Potter, but it starts kind of after Harry Potter. It's not Harry Potter. It's obviously its own world, but it is a little bit of a, like, take on Harry Potter, but also its own universe. And um, it sort of started out as Harry Potter fan fiction, right? Um, actually, it started out, there was um, a book called Fangirl, and she w- the girl in it was a fan of the series, this series, but it was a fake series. And then Rainbow Rowell just was like, I'm going to write this series that she's a fan of. So it's this- So it's like fan fiction, fan fiction. Yeah, kind of. Well, it's basically like, it's like meta, like a meta world or something where like she, like the things that were happening within the book that this, this girl liked, they made it a real thing, basically. Uh, made it gotcha. into a real okay. book. It's very cool. And and this one, uh, all of Simon Snow and his friends go to America. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. Um, it's the I've magical been, place of America. I've been, I know. I've, and there's uh, there's there's vampires and there's queer romance and there's um, a, a cult kind of thing that happens, which is pretty fun, uh, like new agey cult. Um, I really enjoy going on long walks and listening to this or, like, I just cleaned out my kitchen cabinets. And, like, it was just nice to have, like, something to listen to that's, like, funny and clever and the characters are super likable. But also, like, I'm doing a task, so I'm getting something done at the same time. It's I, I really I really liked it. I may just listen to the other one. I'm pretty I'm pretty into these. Uh, what are you going to do next year? I don't know. It will be very—hopefully there will be a new one out. Um, what, are, <laughs> what are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a book that I'm really obsessed with, and I'm kind of mad at myself because this might have been on my 2021 best of list. Now, I'm, just so you know, I'm not reading any more 2021 books because that it's too frustrating when that happens. That's I, I should have taken that advice mm-hmm. because I started this by— Well, the thing was I finally got it in from the library, and I've been I waiting see. for like three months yeah, to get yeah, this yeah. from the library, yeah, I, and I kind of forgot about it. I stopped my holds. I mean, I'm not, not ever going to read 2021 books. I'm just like putting a hold on them because otherwise I'm going to be too mad. Sorry, what is the book? Yes. Well, that's, that's exactly what happened with this. It's The Corpse Queen by Heather oh, M. yeah, Common. yeah. Oh, my God. Bria, you would love this book. It's a YA book, and it's a historical mystery, and it's about this teenage girl. I think she's 16, and she lives in this sort of, like, convent-slash-orphanage, um, and her best friend has just died. She's convinced that her best friend's been murdered, but all the, like, crappy nuns are like, no, your best friend killed herself. She was a terrible person. She's not going to heaven, blah, blah, blah. And, um, her, she's like, I don't believe in that. That's, that's wrong. Um, and what ends up happening is, um, she, cause she's in this orphanage because both of her parents died, but she gets, a a, a message from uh, a woman who claims to be her long lost aunt and who wants to adopt her. And so all of a sudden she's like, she, I mean, this, this girl doesn't, is so poor. She doesn't even have shoes. Uh, it's an 1800s, uh, England and um, all of a sudden this like decadent carriage comes to pick her up and she gets brought to this like really really fancy house where her aunt lives all by herself and she has this like you know she's this 
extremely wealthy. Her whole house is filled with luxury. And she finds out that all of that wealth is built on the fact that her aunt sells corpses. Yeah. And the only reason she has recalled her niece from this orphanage is because she needs someone to help get those corpses. <laughs> so all of a sudden, this she is wrapped in, she's in, in, while this is all happening, there's a serial killer on the loose. In, uh, oh, and it's not in London, sorry. It's in Philadelphia. It's a serial killer on the loose. So all of a sudden, she's thrown into this really weird world of like social intrigue and fancy parties and corpses and doctors and serial killers. And it is, it is so fucking good. The writing is really great. And there's also some romance because the guy that, like the the ragamuffin vagabond boy that, sh- that also works for her aunt is very cute. And as they're, they're making eyes at each other as they're hauling these like bloated, rotting corpses into this wagon together. It's just so fucking good. I will absolutely be reading anything this author writes again. Um, it's just fantastic. That's uh, The Corpse Queen by Heather M. Herman. And mine is Way- Wayward Son. Wayward Son by Rainbow Rowell. Uh, So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Sarah wrote in, I just heard the listener question about ways to read to young children without reading to them. (laughs) Since he mentioned Reading Rainbow, I wanted to write in to let you know that LeVar Burton has a reading app called Skybrary aimed at kids two to nine years old, which includes a read-along feature. Oh, wow. Some of them are even narrated by LeVar Burton himself, so today's kids can get some of that Reading Rainbow experience themselves. I hope this is helpful. Wow. Skybrary, that is really cool. I will just say, LeVar Burton, like what a treasure I just Ugh, I, I hope truly. he knows that he has like you know done really done the Lord's work here as far as getting children to read like I mean there's like the reading Lord and he's never yeah he's never he never strayed for it's just like what a what a wonderful like impact on society he has had seriously Jessica wrote in and said, when you started talking about reading perpendicular, my first thought was you're a monster, which I think maybe were my exact words. Um, <laughs> this is this was one of the most controversial moments of reading glasses in 20. 20- I will say, I think this is the big, this and the bookmark episode were our big controversies of 2021. Yeah, yeah. Um, in case people don't remember, basically Mallory reads on her side, but then turns the book the other way. The book is not going the yes. same direction as her eyes, but instead is going perpendicular. Um, so uh, Jessica kept writing, sorry. Um, then I read my Kindle in bed later and realized this is exactly what I do. So I guessed I'm a uh-huh. monster too. Picture attached to proof. We'll put that on our Instagram. That's uh, very funny, Jessica. Uh, so Jessica's Wheelhouse is um, written in the first person, multiple characters' perspectives, anything said in space, post-apocalyptic, any kind of time travel, whether the character actually experiences it, or if the uh, book just spans many time periods. Reimagining old stories, queer romance, especially teens, young adults, developing romantic relationships, strong friendships that never turn romantic, and Jessica's doghouse is love triangles. They are the worst. I hate them every time. Mallory's feelings about enemies to lovers or how I feel about love triangles. Folks, we keep getting... Uh, fan mail about this. Why do people think I hate enemies to lovers? I constantly talk about how much I hate fucking love triangles. No, it's love triangles. They're, you dislike a love yes. triangle. Yes. I do not like a love triangle. It's extremely stressful for me. Too too much stress. I think enemies to lovers is great. We People keep writing in and are like, oh, Mallory hates, hates enemies to lovers. No, I do not. Incorrect. <laughs> it's, it's love triangles that I hate. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. Link in the show notes. Uh, and before we go over our year in reading, we're going to take a quick break.
Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Soylent. Soylent. Ah, a <laughs> beam of light comes down from the sky onto my desk and lands upon the bottle of Soylent. But what is Soylent? It's the original food tech company that makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. I'm obsessed with the complete meal. I have a, a subscription for it. We get a, bo- a box of it every month. It's a convenient, ready-to-drink shake. It comes in a powder format, but we get the shakes. It's got 20 grams of plant-based protein, 39 essential nutrients, healthy fats, and 400 calories of slow-burning carbs. It's vegan. It's gluten-free. It's my favorite way to start the day, and Jeremy's too. We are definitely a Soylent household. Um, Mallory, Bria likes the squares. Mallory, do you have to do a lot of cooking for this? Do you do a lot of cooking with the Soylent? Nope. You just <laughs> crack that bad boy open, which is how I like it. I hate cooking. I don't like baking food. Um, and I'm the kind of person that, because I hate making food, especially first thing in the morning, uh, I will just, I used to just skip breakfast all the time, but not anymore. Now I just have a Soylent shake. Yeah, they're really delicious and they can replace a meal, which is the best thing about them. You don't have to worry about getting up and cutting up a bunch of fruits and vegetables Ugh. and all of those things, making an egg. I don't know what people eat for breakfast, but whatever Cleaning you do. things in the sink. Oh, then, then there's wet food in the sink. It's my worst, fa- like, uh, I would rather touch a dead body than touch wet food in the yeah, sink. Yeah, it's really disgusting. Cooking. I know, I hate it too. Uh, but there's no cooking and there's no cleanup. The cleanup is you just you just recycle that little bottle. How amazing. Pretty cool. It's the quickest, easiest meal on the planet. It's complete balanced nutrition made from U.S. grown sustainable source ingredients. So it's good for you and good for the planet. If you're the kind of person, maybe you take a lot of vitamins in the morning. Maybe you take a lot of supplements like I do. I do it for powerlifting. You could do it for whatever you want. And you don't want to take those pills and, and things on an empty stomach. Because of that, I used to just take all my vitamins later in the day. But you can take them first thing in the morning if you just have a Soylent shake. It's my favorite way to start the day. So if you want to try it out for yourself, which I think you should, uh, go to Soylent.com slash glasses and use code glasses to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com slash glasses, Soylent.com slash glasses and code glasses for 20% off your first order. Glasses. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by your host, Dipsy. That was my sexy voice. That was my sexy radio <laughs> voice. Bria, what's Dipsy? I thought it was very good. Uh, Dipsy is Dipsy Stories. It's an app full of sexy audio stories. And now they even have brand new written stories. So if you were like, I don't know if I should try Dipsy. Hey, guess what? There's even more content for you. So much more out there. It's time to seek out pleasure in every area of your life from how you start your mornings to how you wind down at night and everything in between. You deserve to enjoy it all. And Dipsy Stories wants you to find joy and confidence in and out of the bedroom. You listen to these while walking around. You can listen to these while cleaning the floor. Doesn't matter. Anything you want to do, you can still be listening to Dipsy. You can make literally any chore sexy with Dipsy. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy brings the stories to life anytime, anywhere. The thing that we love about Dipsy, besides the fact that the app is like very well designed, it's just like a really, you know, there's like a weird learning curve with like every app that you download where you have to figure out how to use it. Dipsy, there's no none, nothing with that with Dipsy. It's so cute and so well designed. But the cool thing is you for all the glassers out there, you can search via wheelhouse. You can, if yeah. you're looking for, oh, you want someone with a, a sexy accent, you want uh, a story about a summer fling, or you want a story about, um, 
coming back to your hometown and uh, like a Hallmark movie and meeting up with that sexy lumberjack who's trying to save the town from the big corporation, whatever it is. And even like, you know, Dipsy can get get really kinky too. The story's about threesomes or or playing with toys or whatever it is. Like whatever you, truly whatever you're into, Dipsy's got it for you. And they even have wellness sessions, like non-sexy stuff to help you wind down, get ready for bed, get ready for sleep. It's really, it's such a great app. Yeah. And so if you're like on the edge, you're like, maybe I should try it. I don't know. Well, guess what? Listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. So that's free. You just can go and check it out. Listen to those sexy stories. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. 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 Hi, I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. And the three of us host The Flophouse. It's a podcast where we watch a new bad movie and then we talk about it. Dan, you say it's hosted by the three of us. We've had a lot of great guest co-hosts like Gillian Flynn, Jamel Bowie, John Hodgman, Jessica Williams, Wyatt Cenac, Joe Bob Briggs, Josh Gondelman, Roman Mars. Yeah, and you said new movies. But what about the time we did Meatballs 2? Okay, okay, yeah. Sometimes we do older movies and sometimes we have guests, but mostly it's about us talking about like recent bad movies. And don't forget about the ones where I made you do a role-playing game where you played cartoon dogs. All right, yeah. But Shouldn't a promo be a really simple explanation about what our show's about? So what's the show about, Dan? What's it about? <laughs> what's it about? It's about friendship, all right? It's about our friendship and how we love each other. The Flophouse. It's a podcast mostly about bad movies on Maximum Fun. This week, hot damn folks, we made it through another year. 2021 definitely wasn't easy, but we still got through it and read some great books. Now we're going to go over our year in reading. Bria, how did you do on your reader resolutions for this year? Well, I had to go back and look and see what they were, but... (laughs) (laughs) Been uh, all year. I did. I did pretty well. Um, One was to do the reading glasses challenge, and I did that, which we're going to talk about in a second. And the other uh, was to grow our social media, and I think I did that as well. Um, You did a fucking great job on our Instagram, I will say. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been been fun to do and to, like, connect with the reader glassers. Uh, We started the hashtag what glassers read, and people use it, and it's very—it's been really fun. Um, I also, apparently, I looked back, I wanted to launch a website, but weirdly, it feels like to me we have a Slack, the Max Fun site, our social media, and our newsletter, and the website almost feels redundant, and I don't, I, I think I just forgot about the website. I'm not going to say I had this, like, revelation or anything. Um, no, I think we looked into it. We looked into doing it on Squarespace, and we realized that it was just redundant because we have on MaximumFun.org, if you ever want to check out all our episode archive and show notes for all the episodes, just go to MaximumFun.org and look on our the Reading Glasses page on the different in their different podcasts. And it just felt, with that there, it just felt like we didn't really need a website. Yeah, we would just be copying and pasting what's on the Maximum Fun site. Um, how, how did yeah. you do on your reader resolution? this year fucking bad 
Um, I thought you didn't have any. That's why I was confused. I had one, and it was to get better about recommending books on social media, and Ah. I completely fucking failed at it. I think part of it is because my relationship with social media got wicked weird this year. Um, It's one of my goals for next year to reconfigure it. Um, Honestly, the only social media that really made me happy this year was our Slack channel, which is my favorite place on the internet. Um, in 2022, cause I think I was, and I don't know if you have this problem, but I was having a hard time trying to figure out how to balance my personal life with my work stuff. And it just ended up making me not want to go on there at all. Right. Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah. So in 2022, I think I want to change it to have it be more focused, more reading glasses focused, post more about writing and podcast stuff. Stop posting about my personal life. I miss talking, I miss recommending books. And because I had such a weird relationship with social media this year, I didn't, I used to post about every book that I read on Instagram and I stopped doing that. Mm. And I want to get back to that and kind of um, channel it more into my writer and podcaster life. Um, I think I, again, we'll see. I keep I keep saying that I want to get better about posting on books on Instagram. I think this is two years in a row that I've failed. So maybe third time's the charm. Yeah, or maybe that's just one that you you don't want to do. Maybe you, it doesn't, it's not that relevant to you, which is okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Okay. I, it's just, I feel like a lot of us are kind of reconfiguring our relationships with the internet. But how do you, how do you feel about your reading life in general this year? You know, I feel pretty much how I feel about it every single year. Like I did the best I could I always, like, I think about this time of year. Uh, I, I like this time of year because, again, like we said in, in the intro, like, I I don't read any more 2021 books. I don't feel a lot of pressure. Like, at the beginning of the year, I'm like, I got to read all these books that come out this year. Um, or, like, the right before we do our best of, we always feel that pressure where we're like, I got to read every book that came out this year to make sure I don't miss anything. Oh, my God, so yeah. right now, I'm just reading all this fun stuff that I put off, and I'm like— yeah, reading feels great right now. But overall, yes, I think I had a pretty good, well-rounded year. Um, you know, I in that that's always the goal, really, is to try to feel happy about what I'm reading and the rest doesn't really matter. Like, I feel like I did, <laughs> I read some books that were good. I read some that were not so good. I read some that I might not have read if it wasn't for the Reading Glasses Challenge, so that was cool. Uh, and my book club, too, that, that encourages me to read books that I wouldn't normally pick up. So, yeah, I think, I, I mean, you know, I think it felt well-rounded as much as like a sci-fi a sci-fi horror gal is going to round out her reading. <laughs> um, uh, much as a girl who only wants to be in space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about you? How did you feel about your reading life this year? Overall, not great. But now I'm realizing maybe I should be a little kinder to myself. I just didn't read as much as I wanted to this year. But then I look back and like obviously pandemic shit. But like we had this huge move. I had this like three month long virtual book tour. I finished writing two books this year. um, And I read a ton of books for research. I mean, I talked in the episode we did on micro histories about girly drinks. I read like 500 to 700 books for girly drinks. Yeah, I think you read enough books this year. (laughs) <laughs> so over the past couple of years, I was like, man, why are my right my reading totals down so far? And I just it's because my my research is my research books are so high. Um I I also think I watched more stuff than I normally do uh this year. And I played more video games than I normally do this year, just because I think a lot of um now that we're in, we're you know, especially right now, we're in like the second lockdown. Instead of like going out to a bunch of Christmas parties this year, I had like multiple virtual Christmas parties, and I play a lot more video games with my best friend because I don't like I just I, a lot of my what would in previous years been my social life has been replaced with like virtual video game time or Discord or Zoom or whatever it is. Um, and so even that aside, I overall I found that I missed reading as much as I used to. 
Um, maybe we just shouldn't count the pandemic years as like normal years for our habits. Maybe I just need to be nicer to myself. But uh, I definitely just looked back on this year and I was like, man, I feel like I didn't read as much as I want to. But maybe that's just what it's like in the pandemic. We just all feel like we're not doing as much as we should or feel like things aren't. Yeah, I think we're just going to, I think, I think it's, yeah, things are just not going to feel normal. You're not going to have your normal habits because things are not normal. Yeah. And I mean, and who knows when things will go back to what feels normal. So I think it's accepting that this is like maybe what life is. It's like, you know, you have a baby or something. Yeah. You don't, you're not like, why am I not reading 200 books a year? It's like, yeah, because you have a fucking baby. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, like there are reasons that you can't do things and that's okay. Yeah. That's life. I think I just keep comparing it to like, oh my God, before the pandemic, I was reading like 200 books a year and now I'm doing like half of that and- then I have to remember, you know, life is life is different now. So I, if anyone else feels well, like this, I'm just encouraging you to be nicer to yourself and remember that we are living in what was the big phrase that we always that we used at the start of this unprecedented times. Sure, yeah. But do you feel like do you feel happy overall with what with the content of what you read? Yes, and I think the only the only good part about it is that I got wicked fucking good at dumping books this year. I dumped a, an oh, unprecedented good. amount of books this year because I felt like if a book wasn't grabbing me, I just put it like I just put either returned it to the library or put it back on the shelf. Um, this just actually happened to me within the past month. There was a book that came out that I was so excited about and I read like a hundred pages of it and it just still wasn't grabbing me. And I was like, you know what? If I put this book down, it's not going to disappear. I'll just put it back on my shelf and read something that I want. And I ended up reading something that I, I started reading Corpse Queen, which I was like, this is amazing. I'm so happy that I'm reading this. So this book is just not for me right now. And that's a habit that I definitely want to keep cultivating. Um, And I think that really helped. And I feel, because I look back, I feel like I read the same amount of books that I liked this year. Like when we were doing our best of the year, I, I still had a ton of books like that, you know, didn't even make the list that I loved. So sure. um, maybe that's a good, uh, a, a silver lining of it. Um, so there were a lot of interesting book trends this year. What do you think, Bria, was the big book trend of 2021? You know, I don't have a good genre answer for that, but I will say so many people reached out to me about how to listen to audiobooks. You know, like, and uh, literally someone yesterday said, how do I, what is the best app for audiobooks? And everyone knows Audible because Amazon av- advertises Audible. Um, but I'm always like, go Libra FM, go Libby. You know, I try to push those. But I just found that there's a lot more people who want to listen to audiobooks this year for whatever reason. I think it's in part because it's hard to sit down and read and concentrate. But an audiobook... I don't know. I think we're, I think podcasts are obviously getting way more popular. And I think this kind of goes along those same lines that people realize they're like, oh, I could be listening to a book while I'm walking around or while I'm doing other stuff, just like I listen to podcasts. And and that's been like a revelation for people. So I think audiobooks are having a real moment right now. Yeah, I, I don't know about genres. What, what do you think genre was? Well, I was just going to say, I, I feel like people are, now people are really looking at audiobooks as real books finally which is awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, yeah. so a lot of people that maybe they have dyslexia or they just have a hard time reading physical books, they don't have an e-reader uh, that felt like, oh, well, I'm not even going to bother listening to audiobooks because it's not like real reading are now like, aha, yes, it is real reading. I can get into this. I see a lot of people who don't normally read a lot getting into audiobooks a ton. Yeah, and I think, I again, I think it's a little bit like podcasts are, are like the gateway drug for audiobooks. Yes. <laughs> 
I saw <laughs> like people are like, I listen to podcasts and they can be kind of highbrow. They can be not highbrow. They can be anything, but I really like my podcast. So why would I not like audiobooks? You know? Yeah. I saw an article, I think it was in the New York Times, um, about, um, you know, how more and more companies are trying to, are making like narrative podcasts and with like full casts and stuff. And someone was like, that's just a radio drama. That's just an audiobook. Just You're reinventing. It is. Uh, something that's been around for almost a hundred years, uh, but I think yeah, which I, I yeah, I love that. And I will say on like the filmmaker, yeah, and on the filmmaker side of things, it is definitely y'all all your favorite radio like podcasts, serial uh, serialized podcasts where they're you're played by people. Those are all being made into TV shows and movies. Like they've all been optioned. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, like that's definitely the direction. Like it's the new IP for people. Yeah, I think it's great though. Um, but as for genre, uh. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. I think it was mom books. I think 2021 was the year of the mom mm. book. I feel like there was so many books about motherhood, about having kids. Like, I mean, I can look on uh, my list of books that I read this year and I was like, man, like Night Bitch, uh, Kristen Arnett's new book with teeth. Like even, it doesn't matter what genre it is. Even the book that I showed you today, Trashlands, like it's a mom book. There's just so mm. many books about motherhood this year. And I don't know... Why that is, I don't know if it's because more women are getting, um, you know, more and more women are being published and being able to tell these stories. But um, yeah, Year of the Mom, 2021. Huh. Congratulations, moms. <laughs> Mom, is uh, time in the It's sh- your time. Well, I think it's people are finally starting to realize that like being a mom is a job. Um, and that it's a very valid uh, occupation. It's a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of work goes into it. And there's a lot, people are, I think, respecting those stories more. And there's, yeah. and uh, now that the, you know, the sort of floodgates have been open, there's just a shitload of mom books. Um, so before, we're, we are going to go over our, our 2021 challenge, but before we do that, uh, we're going to take a quick break. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. We talk about BetterHelp a lot on the show, and this month we're discussing some of the stigmas around mental health. For example, some people think that you should wait until things are really, really, really bad to go to therapy, but that's not true. In fact, therapy should be preventative. Therapy is a tool to utilize before things get worse and can help you avoid those lows. I mean, look, BetterHelp is customized online therapy, and you want customized therapy. You don't want a one-size-fits-all. That's not what therapy is about. And this one offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. But Mallory and I both go to therapy, and uh, I talked to my therapist, so it was Mallory, on the phone with on video chat, and it's great. It's great. I never oh, want so to have to go back in person again because you have to drive somewhere, <laughs> you have to find parking, you're pissed. By the time you get there, you just talk about the parking the whole time. Instead, you do it from the comfort of your own home or your car or sometimes I do it when I'm just walking around go on a little walk talk to your therapist it's great uh, it can be more affordable than in-person therapy and you can get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours yeah I folks if you are a little apprehensive about online therapy I am telling you FaceTime chat therapy is the way to go last session I had I sat in my office in my comfy pajamas I had my cat with me who wouldn't want to have your pets with you during therapy, it's the best thing ever. Really, I, I don't know how I would have gotten through 2021 without my therapist. You should give it a try and see why over 2 million people have used BetterHelp Online Therapy. That is a lot of people getting some help. Uh, so this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. And Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com glasses. That's B-E-T 
T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash glasses. Betterhelp.com slash glasses. 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 I'm Judge John Hodgman. And I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Ten years ago, I came on Jordan Jesse Go and judged my first dispute. Is chili a soup? It's a stew, obviously. The judge has dispensed a decade of justice. He's the one person wise enough to answer the really important questions. Like, should you hire a mime to perform at your own funeral? After they cry, I want them to laugh. Do you really need a tank full of jellyfish in your den? They smell like living creatures decaying. (laughs) Only if they are decaying. Yeah, which they will be. Real people, real justice, real comedy. Winner of the Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast, every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org. All right, now let's go over our 2021 Reading Glasses Reader Challenge and see what we did for each one. So for the activity portion, our first one was reviewing or show. Oh, we're going to start with activities. We're starting on uh, the on the activities. Yeah, why not? Uh, let's review. Okay. We reviewed or showed some love for an indie bookstore or maybe a library branch. Uh, what did you do for this, Bria? You know, I went and looked up this episode. And I said on the episode that I was going to shout out the Los Angeles Public Library. I think what I did, I can't remember, Mallory. I think what I did was um, I shouted out Libby. I shouted out Libby and public libraries for giving me audiobooks. And and I think I did like a scroll through. But I also want to say I've done a good job of reposting RG. Hashtag RG loves libraries. Hashtag RG loves bookstores. Because I, I've used that hashtag and I search it and make sure that those get posted at some point during the week. Um, so I feel like that's my other way of doing this activity. Uh, Mallory, uh, what what did you do to show love for an indie bookstore or a library branch? Uh, I tweeted and post. I post all the time and tweet all the time about Skylight Books, which used to be my local bookstore um, when I lived in Los Angeles, but is not anymore. But I still love them. I love working with them as an author. That's where I did my, my girly drinks launch. But I also just love them in general. It's always funny when I go and design books because I also pick up my holds uh, or my, not my holds. <laughs> well, I guess it is my holds because like I'll, I'll buy books online up here in the mountains. And then next time we go down to LA, I'll pick them up. Uh, they're just such a great store. They have such great curation. The people there are amazing. And I love tweeting about them. Um, and also I do want to say quick tangent about libraries and library cards that I was very excited uh, so I did an, my last event of the year was an in-person event in San Francisco. It was the one where um, the San Francisco Public Library rented out a drag bar for me to do a girly drinks event in. It was my favorite event of the entire year. It was the most fun thing I've possibly ever done in my life. And I got to meet a lot of really cool classers there. Um, but the person interviewing me on stage was a librarian, Anissa, at the San Francisco Public Library. And she told me that if anyone who lives in California can get a San Francisco Public Library card. Because on stage, she was like, you got to get a San Francisco Public Library card. And I was like, hot I tip. don't live in San Francisco. And she's like, anyone in California can get one. And I yelled out, hot book tip. And then a bunch of classers in the audience yelled, wee oo wee And it was the greatest <laughs> thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life. It was so much fun. But that's, yeah, so anywhere you are in California... You can get a San Francisco Public Library card. Absolutely worth checking out. Libraries are amazing. Indie bookstores are amazing. That's why we did this part of the challenge. Uh, The next one was 
review a book by a BIPOC author. Um, Bria, what did you review for this? So um, I keep track of the books that I read on um, Instagram and do a little like shout out to the books that I like. I definitely reviewed one on Goodreads that I can't find right now. I I definitely reviewed one because I was like, I'm just going to... I'm going to do it on Goodreads. So if you can find, like, my one review on Goodreads, then you'll know that one. <laughs> but um, I'm just going to shout out the first book I read in 2021, which I posted on my um, on my Instagram stories, which was Nettie Okorafor's Remote Control, um, which I loved. It was the very first book I read of the year. What a great way to start the year about a, a woman who everything she touches dies, including people and cars, which means she has to walk everywhere searching uh, from this object that she saw fall from the sky. It it is just a really great, like, sci-fi slash, like, a little fantasy book. I really loved it, and I love Nettie Corfor's writing. I think um, she's just one of the greatest writers out there. What book by a BIPOC author did you review? Um, If you go on my Storygraph page, I have one single review, and it's for Mediocre by Ijeoma Aluo. (laughs) Uh, I started this year with big plans to get on Storygraph and use it a bunch, and I did not because, again, as I said earlier on this episode, I've been having a hard time with being on the internet, but... Yeah, my review. I reviewed me- *Mediocre* by Ijeoma Luo. I listened to the audiobook for this book, five-star book. It was so just so fucking good. It's such a great breakdown of all the sort of like um, myths that underlie American society and how they're all fake. You know, like um, you know the myth of the cowboy and how that is absolutely not real and. Uh, how racism sort of uh, seeps into so many different parts of, uh, of, our, of American society and just sort of the idea of American white male masculinity and how it's all founded on terrible, stupid, incorrect things. And um, it, it really, it, it's, I, it's, it's definitely a, a book that you would want to uh, read over and over again. Um, but yeah, I reviewed this book. It was great. So the next one was go to a virtual book event. Uh, which one did you go to? I watched um, Johnny Sun talk about Goodbye Again, which I loved. I thought it was just such an amazing book. I just thought it, I really adored this. And he did a he did several of these, but I watched one. Uh, they were both like Skyping in or Zooming in or whatever. But it was great. What, what did you, what virtual book event did you go to? I went to a lot. I was in a bunch. I did a whole long mm. virtual book tour. And But besides <laughs> being in book events with Sarah Gailey, I watched Sarah Gailey's Eat the Rich Instagram live event. So uh, Sarah Gailey is wrote a limited series, comic book series for Boom called Eat the Rich. And to launch it, they did an Instagram live with Maggie Takuda Hall um, that was all about th- them picking various billionaires and how they would theoretically cook them. And it was so fucking <laughs> funny. It was so great. Highly recommend the comic. It's amazing. Um, but that was a really, really fun one. Um, and the next one, one of our favorite things, uh, figuring, figured out our wheelhouses. Um, Bria, what was, uh, tell us about your wheelhouse. So we did a whole episode on this and what I decided was escapist genre books set in a cool location. This is, I'm combining a few things I love, like, like, uh, near future technologies and space and other planets and deserts. Uh, there's like a lot of things like that that I really like. So yeah, escapist genre books set in cool locations, uh, a woman on a journey, anything involving a road, which I guess could be a cool location. I'm not sure. Um, dogs that don't die, shit your pants horror, um, a personal story inside of a large event, um, which which I always love, uh, magical realism related to food, 
Towns with a Secret. And then another I discovered this year, I was going to say it's like brain stuff or something, but really it is, I, I like to read a book where I feel like I'm learning something. So a lot of that stuff, a lot of it is science related because I am not a scientist. I know this is a shocker. I'm not a scientist. Um, <laughs> Huge reveal after four years of doing the show. lab coat. I wear a white lab coat everywhere I go, but I'm not a scientist. Um, uh, so You've played scientists. I, I played scientists, um, but no, definitely not. So I think like science books or micro histories that it, it all it has to do is has to be about something that I am interested in, like a historical moment, or I particularly like ones related to like the human body. So when it comes to like brain stuff, You're like a micro science stuff, can we say a micro science? Can we is say that? that? Can we make, can we make that up? I don't know. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at right now. Uh, what about you, Mallory? You, yours, we. We went over yours as well. Uh, yeah, I, it, it's funny. I feel like you and I each have like a core of our wheelhouse and then like several things that kind of change in, in and out. My core is definitely werewolves, haunted houses, Florida, <laughs> uh, bear characters, and then um, memora- memoirs written by women. But I wanted to add a few that have so- sort of evolved over the course of the year. I w- was looking over books. You were like, see something in a book and all of a sudden you're like, I think this is in my wheelhouse because this is like the fourth book this year that I've read with this that I love. And I think it's people being in love with ghosts. <laughs> Ooh, I read like specific. five books this year where people were, there were ghost characters and people were like pining for them. And I'm like, maybe I love this because there's just so many good books like that. <laughs> um, also, cozy, spooky graphic novels. I read so many books mm. that are like, they're not horror because they're not scary, but they have they're about spooky things. They're about like Halloween or ghosts or whatever the shit. Uh, but they're like cozy and cute. I read so many like that this year, and I think I just that's part of my wheelhouse. Um, and I'm also going to add towns with a secret too because that's something that mm-hmm. will always. I never put it together, but it's something that will always get me to pick up a book. I'm like, oh, a small town with a secret. Got to find out what it is. Yeah, you know what. <laughs> You know what I've heard to put on mine too is is like hand drawn pictures. Yeah, you love hand-drawn an illustrated book. I- illustrated book or or just or even graphic novels. I mean, graphic. I just like illustrated. Yeah, I like illustrations. I forgot about that. And the last one was clean out a shelf in your house. Get rid of a book you will never read slash hate slash don't know why you have. Bria, what did you do for this one? Oh, I did clean out a shelf in my house and have made many treks to the various. I found count them three. Little free libraries in my neighborhood. Wow. Uh, walking distance. Um, and so I just, there's one that seems to be more kid related. So I donate my graphic novels and my YA stuff there. And there's one in front of these people's house, which I feel weird about because I feel like they're watching me. So I don't donate as many there. It is weird. <laughs> and then there's one on the side of the road. When, I, when we, we used to live in the same neighborhood, um, very close to each other, there was one on my walk to the library, but it was the same thing. It was oh, like yeah. right in front of their, their fr- it was in their front lawn and it was not that far away to their front door. So like, you know, when you go to a little free library, you like to look around, but I felt like really weird being like, ooh, I'm going to scrutinize all these books while these people are watching me from their living yeah. room. I'm yeah, and I'm not trying to discourage people from putting their little free libraries in front of their houses. I just one time I walked by and they were like in the driveway, and I was like, "Oh, like is this weird? Is this a good conversation moment?" And I just kept walking. Yeah, I got, I get I got, it. I, I totally know. get it because I was also donating some books that I was like, "Ooh, would they even like these books?" Like they were books that. I, they'd been on my shelf for a long time, but I didn't even know what they were about. I was just kind of was like, I'm never going to read these books. Um, but yes, I cleaned out. I had, I had a shelf of like TBRs that I was like, I'm just never going to read most of these. I know I rarely pick up physical books anyway. So I may as well just like get rid of 
I mean, I definitely got rid of over half on that shelf, nice. which was really freeing. Uh, what about you? I did a huge fucking purge. Uh, so we, oh, we yeah. moved up to the mountains in the spring, and I did the biggest book purge I've ever done in my life. Um just because, like, literally we were carrying these books up a mountain. So I was like, okay, only the books that I really want to come are coming. Um, so I went through and I got rid of several boxes of books that I was never going to read or books that I had read. <laughs> only the books invited. Only the books I'm invited. Oh, yeah. It just sounded like you invited hot, those books. Invitation only. Um, uh, <laughs> or what I did is books that I had read and only thought were okay. Do you ever see that on yourself? You're like, why do I keep this? I didn't even like this book that much. Um, there were a ton yeah. of those. And so we donated them all to the Iliad bookstore in Burbank. And it literally, we had nice. to get, the bookstore gave us a dolly to stack all the book. Like, it was like <laughs> hundreds of pounds of books to get them into the store. And honestly, it was so tough letting go of all of them because I do, one, I just... I, Glassers, you get it. You just don't want to get, let your books go. You know, I like the aesthetic of having a ton of books, but really it felt so nice when we unpacked, uh, the only part, nice part of unpacking, it felt so nice to set like the remaining books up in the new house and know they were all books that I either loved or really totally. wanted to read. It just felt like my library felt different. It was just like, oh, wow, all this stuff in here I really like. And also, again, it was nice to have about 100 pounds less of books to carry up the mountain you know, our poor moving fellows uh, were really appreciative that we're, there was a little bit less. And I said, I'm going to try to <laughs> keep this habit up. This uh, was, was great. Um, I just imagine them seeing you and being like, is that the girl from Reading Glasses? Oh, no. <laughs> we're going to have to carry all these <laughs> well, books remember, Oh, my God. You remember a few years ago when I went to go move and I got turned down by a moving company when they found out that I had all these books? You remember that? <laughs> they <were, laughs> yeah. like, canceled. They were like, no, we don't want to do this. <laughs> So then we did uh, five categories of books. Um, so you did those activities, and then we also did books. So the first one up is uh, a banned book. Uh, Mallory, what banned book did you read? Uh, I ended up changing the book that I was going to um, going to choose for because we did an episode on this. And then what happened was there's a ton in Texas. Uh, we talked we touched on it a little bit in the in the in the episode we did on it, but things have gotten worse since then. There's um, so, some lawmakers in Texas that want to ban basically any LGBTQ book that they can, um, especially middle grade and YA books. Um, so I ended up rereading um, The Magic Fish by Trung Li Nguyen, uh, which is an amazing graphic novel. I've recommended it a bunch on the show uh, about uh, a young Vietnamese boy uh, who lives with his mother. Uh, his mother is in, uh, has immigrated to this country uh, and they sort of connect over their love of fairy tales and that's how his mom learns English. Um, and he tr is trying to figure out how to um, uh, come out to his mom using this language of these fairy tales. And it was because it's one of those books that uh, they're trying to that they're trying to uh, get rid of in in Texas. Um, I, Sarah Gailey's uh, "When We Were Magic" is is on that list as well. There's a ton of books. Um, they so they, those authors definitely need some support right now. Um, so that was the one that I did. What was what did you read? Um, I read, I actually listened to The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison, which I hadn't read since high school. Um, and wow, what a beautiful book. And it gets banned for many reasons. And there's, there's a lot of things that, I mean, there's a lot of trigger warnings in there, but it's a beautifully written book and I super enjoyed it. Um, so next up, Mallory, uh, was a poetry collection, which, you know, you and I don't read a ton of poetry. So this was a big one, I feel, feel like, for both of us. Yes. Uh, I ended up doing a poetry collection from Audre Lorde um, uh, that I got from the library. She's just like, 
She was one of America's greatest writers. And if you've ever read any of her essays, um, which you might have been assigned in school, um, uh, her poetry is absolutely worth checking out. She was just a genius. Uh, What did you read? Um, I read uh, The Crown Ain't Worth Much by Hanifa Dirakib. I actually read two of his books this year because I also read Little Devil in America. Um, Yeah, so, so great. This was uh, his first full-length collection of poetry um and it 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 covers everything i mean it's it's really i thought it was really interesting super timely but also really accessible like i would like the the poems in here i wasn't ever like what's he talking about or i don't get it like i felt like it was like very uh very well done it came out in 2016 it looks like um uh but yeah but still as relevant as ever and um would definitely encourage this book. Anybody looking to read poetry, I think both of these books could be uh, this and Audre Lorde. These are both great poets. Um, all right. Up next, we had a microhistory. What did you read, Mallory? Um, I read Mark Haskell Smith's Rude Talk in Athens. It's such a cool oh, little— Yeah, you liked this one. I love this one. I Mark is a friend, but his I also—Mark is one of those author friends of mine that I became obsessed with his books, and then we became friends. Um, Rude Talk in Athens is just amazing. It's just a little slice of, like, the history of comedy in ancient Greece— and and um and graffiti and like how artists talk to each other and how comedy specifically was used as sort of a tool for um for protest and for kind of like you know speaking truth to power and it's just such it's mark is such a great funny writer and it's not super long so if you are into um history or theater or comedy at all this book is such a great read um what did you read I read your book, which was a microhistory. Uh, Girly Drinks. I read that on our day, uh, our readathon day, which was super fun. And a lot of people have read it, I know, because I look at our Instagram, and our Instagram is full of people reading Girly Drinks. And it was wonderful. If you want to know about women and drinking and history all over the world, wonderful little book. Thank you, everyone. Um, so our second to last one uh, is uh, a book by a Native or First Nations author. What did you read? I ended up reading a ton for this because um, I, I got a ton of books from the library for um, uh, in the last month's uh, Native American First Nations. Uh, was, last month was Native American Heritage Month, so I ended up getting like five or six books from the library for this. But the one I want to talk about is the one of the ones that I read, speaking of, during our readathon that I just became – I was like – I'm so obsessed with this. It's called, it's a small town with a secret. Um, It's called Mm -hmm, This Town Sleeps by Dennis E. Staples. And it's basically, it's so many glossers items. It's ghost dog, uh, small town with a secret, queer characters. It's basically about this um, young man uh, who's living on this reservation and he is gay. And it's, it's kind of fun because it's one of those it's also a story about like coming back to your small town when you've changed a little bit because he's like coming back from college and he's out but this guy that he ends up dating that he knew in school isn't out and together they're trying to like figure out this mystery of this uh boy that had been murdered years and years and years ago when they were in middle school and how that's affected the town and there's dogs involved and ghost dogs involved and it was just so fun it's really short and I just fucking loved it and I can't wait to read anything else that Dennis E. Staples writes um what did you read nice um I read My Heart is a Chainsaw I want to talk about this one because I feel like a lot of glassers read this one Buzzy glasser book top uh by Stephen Graham Jones um it was 
on the top of, uh, it was one of the top ones for glassers this year, um, about a girl who is half Indian and um, she kind of just loves horror movies. And then she starts to like, feel like that she's living in one and it's all from like her perspective. Um, it's a really, it, it was a really fascinating book. And I think for horror fans, it's like definitely up a lot of people's alleys. Um, and, and again, it's definitely is, one of the buzziest horror books this year. Steven uh, sold the sequel that's coming out. Uh, I think it's coming out next year. I can't remember the name of it. It's, oh God. It's, I'm, I'm looking at it now. It's called the Indian Lake Trilogy. So, oh, oh the next one's called Don't Fear the Reaper. Yes, yes. Nope, no, wait, no, that that comes out. No, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. maybe it comes out. It's a sequel. She returns to the rural lake. Yeah. So if you you loved My Heart cool. as a Chainsaw, good fucking news, there's more coming. Great. And then last one was a book recommended by your library or librarian. What did you read? This is on my list because I, I wanted to read it because you talked about it. The one you're the one you read. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, librarians never disappoint. Um, so Daryl Maxwell, who works in the Los Angeles Public Library System, is um, uh, he's an amazing librarian, but he also just has like really good taste in books. He's the person who gave me um, the Theodore Goss um, Alchemist, Strange Case of the Alchemist Daughter books, the Athena mm. Club trilogy. Um, so I was after that, I was like, all right, Daryl, I will read anything you recommend. And he, uh, one of his monthly recommendation picks on the Los Angeles Public Library page was the Cabinets of Barnaby Maine by Elsa. Heart and highly recommend this book for classers. It was great um, historical fiction, um, historical mystery uh, about this woman who's trying to solve this um, uh, solve this mystery. And there's all these like cabinets of curiosities involved. Uh, so if you love um, those sort of historical fiction books um, that take place in the, like the, in Victorian times, where there were you know explorers and um, uh, sort of amateur scientists, you know that time period where there's just like a lot of amateur scientists and historians. That is uh, where this takes place, and it's it was so much fun. What did you read? Well, first of all, I think you should link to this guy's library recommendation. I should. If you think he's that good? Let's link to I, it in the I show will. notes because I'm interested. I would like a bookmark. Bookmark. I, I will. So Daryl is all of Daryl's recommendations are top notch. Go, Daryl. All right. So when we did this episode, I went to the Los Angeles Public Library and I looked at what they were recommending like that month. Like what was the book that they were recommending that bu- that month? And it was The Art of Taking It Easy, How to Cope with Bears, Traffic, and the Rest of Life's Oh, I saw that. By Brian King. And I got a confession to make glassers. I tried to read this twice. and you, But you took it too like easy. I would recommend... Like I would recommend to all of you, it did not catch me. I read about half of it. I felt like, one, I couldn't take it easy. I was trying to finish a goddamn movie. So that was- (laughs) Not a good time to read a book about that. Congratulations to me. I fucking did. So (laughs) I could not take it easy. Uh, And he's a stand-up comedian. And I was like, I can't handle these jokes right now. I was just not in the mood for these jokes. And these like- you know, comparing traffic to bears and stuff. I was like, I can't, I can't deal with this. I have to go do a sound spotting session in 15 minutes. Um, and no, no, the sound is right. I'm just kidding. The sound was great. Um, so I feel like I still can check this off as something yeah, I did. Absolutely. Even though I was unable to finish this book because I would, if anyone else was like, I started one of these library books and then I couldn't finish it. You know what? That's not my fault. I, att- I attempted. I, I attempted it. So that was it. That's all the books we yeah. read. I mean, we read other books, but those are the books we read for the challenge. So did you have it, a favorite part of the challenge? Did any part stand out that you were like, oh, I want to keep doing that? Um, you know, every time I read poetry, I think to myself, 
I should read more poetry. I like it. It like is like something I just like will have on hand. The key is I can't usually finish it within the library allotted time because I'm reading like a poem, which is really not enough. Because like I'll read it in the morning over breakfast and then like think about it, you know. And I just need to buy a bunch of poetry books and keep them downstairs in my house and read them over breakfast. That's that's what I need to do. But yeah, I like that we had that on the challenge. I hope everyone enjoyed it. Let me know what your poetry books were. Like, I want to know, because if you read some you enjoyed, I would like to read them. What parts stood out to you? Uh, definitely the getting rid of books you're never going to read. It's something I want to keep doing. Um, as hard as it was, um, it just felt really nice. And I so enjoy looking. I look at, I, I'm enjoying even more looking at my book, bookshelves now. And it's honestly easier to pick out from my shelves what I'm going to read because I'm like, oh, these are only the books that I really want to read. So I know that this is all, they're all uh, potential five star books. So I, um, even though hopefully we won't be moving again within the next year or so, <laughs> I, uh, I definitely want to keep doing this. All right. So now the part that everyone's been waiting for, for the folks who completed this challenge, the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge, sadly, another year has gone by without Pizza Hut returning my messages. <laughs> I will, I press on. I keep tweeting at them. Uh, they have not noticed me yet. Uh, you're free to tweet at P- Pizza Hut yourselves or any. Here's the crazy thing. I think Pizza Hut now has uh, vegan toppings, too. I know. Um, some, please, some pizza place, get in touch with us. I know that there are pizza places who do this, but we would love to have some sort of pizza place with that's an, that's a an, uh, national chain. Uh, get, uh, get at us. Um, just. Any national chains. Look, if anyone, you don't have to be a national chain. If you just want to donate something, people can order it on the internet. Yes. We'll take that for next year. Someone, we're going to do, I want we're going to do a 2022 involved. challenge. We're, na- we're announcing it next week. Yeah, we're announcing that next week. Challenge. Um, but what if someone makes like a candle that smells like a pizza? Sure. Like something P- like that, I feel like we sure. can. Sure, pizza's got to be involved, but anything you want to do, let us know. <laughs> but so the good, besides the fact that Pizza Hut continues to ignore me, the good news is that if you email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com, uh, and let us and and uh, say in the subject line it's for the reading glasses challenge for 2021. Give us your list of all the books you read and all the acti- and how you fulfilled all the activities. You will be entered into a drawing to receive a box of books from Bria and I. It will be a mix of uh, advanced review copies, new books. Um, we're going to be giving away several boxes, so you've got several chances to win. Um, send them to us by January 15th to be entered. Um, people got really upset last year when we tried to do it early, so we're doing it in January. <laughs> um, send them in, readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. We hope you had fun doing this challenge this year. We hope you maybe read something you don't normally read or, um, you know, had fun doing the doing the activities. Um, we hope everyone had a, had a great reading year this year. This is a, yeah. another weird pandemic year. It was a really difficult year for a lot of people, us included, um, but we're... Very happy that we got to spend it with all of you. The glassers uh, continued to be uh, a bright spot in our lives. Happy New Year. And as always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you got, maybe you got some money for Christmas and you're like, ooh, I, what, am I, what kind of reading things am I going to get with it? Uh, remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags and shirts and pillows and mugs and uh, stickers that you can turn into bookmarks over at our Void Merch store. Uh, we absolutely love the store. Uh, 
we re- we own things from it that we wear all the time, not even because it's our own podcast, but just because they're really cool. Uh, there's a link in the show notes to that. Uh, and if you like the show and you're like, man, Mallory and Bria helped me get through this terrible garbage year. What can I do to help them? You can do something for us for free. Please rate and review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or uh, wherever you review or rate your podcasts. I know that there's folks listen to the show in a variety of ways. It's really great for us. It helps us reach more listeners. It helps us get more advertisers. It helps us just look really nice uh, to people who might be checking the show out. It, it really is a big deal for us. It will take you less than a minute to do. And you can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast. On our fancy Instagram that Bria works so hard on at Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.